Welcome to episode 29 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. And I'm the other host, Mr. Paul Robinson. We have a guest today. We, have we a do very have a guest. I'm very excited, Special actually. guest today. Yeah. I'm super excited. I'm, I say that all the time, yeah. <laughs> but this time I'm really excited. I'm genuinely excited. I'm not, I'm not gonna Everybody fit. else I, I really wasn't excited about, but now I am. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try not to fangirl, okay? Yeah. Uh, so we're here with Jessica Lee Gagne. She is a DP. She's mm-hmm. an awesome DP. And now a couple episodes ago, well, quite a few episodes ago, we mm-hmm. had seen Sweet Virginia. Mm-hmm. And that's what brought me to this lovely lady here. How are you? I'm good. Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. It's my pleasure. <laughs> so we we had seen Sweet Virginia. Yep. And we were watching, it was that scene with the waterfall. Mm-hmm. And we were like, this is... Beautiful. This is beautiful. And, you know, I'm ashamed to say that in this field, you just assume this is probably like what what's this? Who's the cinematographer? And just assuming it's a guy because it usually is. And there's so, you know, I mean, things are changing, luckily, but um, got to the end of the movie Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, my God, chick. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, okay, I that that was really awesome. And that's when I actually had reached out to you because we had done um, a review of that film. So we really liked it. And so I reached out to you and I was like, hey, would you like to be on the show? And I thought this girl was like way too busy. She's not going to agree to do it. Um, and you were like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And so funny story, we started watching Escape from Danamora. And had no idea that you were <laughs> the DP for it. So what is that? It was a six part. I think seven it was a part. seven, seven part. Seven, yeah. So episode, I guess you'd say episode five. For five. Oh. Five. We are, it's the I was end just of the like, episode. Is, is this happening? Like, <laughs> it, what is, was, it was the end of the episode when they were going to show the coming attractions for the next, the next episode. And you know, just 20, it's now 2019 habit of like, okay, show's over. You go right on your phone waiting, you know, for the, for the credits to roll. And I happened to look up and your name was like, it was like the last two seconds of your name up there. I was like, rewind that, rewind that. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, what? And your name popped up. He's like, no freaking way. (laughs) And the whole time we're watching this show going, this is really cool. Like, I love the, the cinematography for this. I was like, nice job, whatever. And I'm like, it's her. Amazing. Yeah. Tell us about yourself now that I'm done rattling. Uh, so it's interesting. I'm really interested by the first thing that you said that you didn't think like they would have been a woman who shot um, Sweet Virginia. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should talk about myself or just like I want to say this thing because I find it um, as a woman in this field, it's, it's always kind of it took me uh, several years to realize what it meant to be a woman cinematographer, mm-hmm. you know, because at first I just like was obsessed with work and I love filmmaking and I kind of grew up watching in terms of movies and just, you know, shooting stuff really young and getting into it. And I never like thought twice about I'm a woman and I'm doing this. Like, cause I really was not raised that way. I was just raised in a way to not like, you know, like it doesn't matter if I'm a woman, I can kind of yeah, do anything. It's what you do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And my father was always like, I never, he would make me and my sister do like a lot of, you know, things like mechanics and um, mm-hmm. just kind of in industry type things or 
things you don't imagine uh, little girls doing. And he was always like, I never want you to depend on a man for anything. So like from the get go, I was just really set to be able to, you know, drive anything, fix anything, do anything. And it was so I, I never thought about really what it meant to be a woman in this field um, until I traveled abroad and shot in India. And that was like one of the first times where it was I was brought up against a lot of um a lot of things that just awakened that in me and then working mm-hmm. in the States, I, I followed through a lot in, in the States. Um, but anyways, this was all saying that like women don't get offered. I think a lot of things like thrillers or really dark movies. Mm-hmm. Like there are certain DPs who get that, but like you get a lot of offers um, for work because you're a woman also sometimes. And it's not, ne- and it's, it's not necessarily the types of projects that um, I'm looking to do. Like I really do like dark and gritty um, murder thriller yeah. Yeah. spy kind of aesthetic. Like that speaks to me a lot. So yeah, a film like Sweet Virginia, you would usually think that a man would be offered that type of film, and it's not like the typical cliche. Oh, you're a woman, so I want you to you know do this like female oriented project. Yeah, you know? like it's it's not like I don't search for those projects. If one comes up and it's a great project, I'll do it. But. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I do kind of like I'm a little bit outside of that sphere. I definitely haven't like followed any particular path. I just kind of like go where the projects that I'm interested in go, are. Now you live, you're from Quebec, correct? Yeah, I was born in Quebec City. Okay. Um, then I went to university at Concordia, Concordia University in Montreal. I studied film production and I, so I have a major in film production. But I also have a minor in photography. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of photography work also. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's it, that, that's why I said it, I'm I'm embarrassed to say that I just assumed that it was a male DP because that's usually when something's gritty or dark. Mm-hmm. You don't see that attached to women. It's usually like, oh, here's this romantic comedy. And not that those can't be great, but I, I you know, I'm I write very dark. So <laughs> I like dark stuff. And so when I see other women doing that, it's always like, yes, OK, because I mean, what what? Why do you need a, a male perspective for something dark? Right. I mean, as a DP, we it's don't just, own, that's we just, don't own darkness. Yeah, that's just what you do. You know, like <laughs> it's, I mean, I could see maybe, um, you know, when you're dealing with um, fashion or makeup, you assume more, mm-hmm. well, you know, I guess because women wear makeup and, you know, that they might know more, but usually the makeup artists and since I've been are men. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just that, that breaking down that, that barrier, yeah. I guess. And, and I think that th- when you said the way that you were raised, that's the key to it is that girls just have to see that they can do whatever a guy's doing. It's there's nothing that's this is for guys and this is for girls. And so kudos to your dad for <laughs> yeah. teaching you the mechanics and just, uh, you know, giving you that 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 confidence. That's awesome. So um, what can you what can you tell us about if you haven't seen Escape from Danamore? We haven't talked about this show specifically because i was waiting till you were on um so we didn't give our review yet it's it was it was insane yeah i mean um, the ep- like for me episode five was i was just like i can't fathom that shot i mean i'm sure it was a couple of shots but the shot following all the way through the yeah. path was it just blew my mind i was like this you don't see this on a sh- on a television show yeah i mean the, the show looked beautiful there's no question but that shot to me was just like I love this person. Whoever did this, whoever <laughs> thought of this, whoever executed this is was so. Good. It was really nicely done. But that uh, and that the scene in when he first gets into the uh, pipe, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't even want to. I was be feeling this. claustrophobic, yeah. which I know was the point, obviously. So well done. But I just like after a couple seconds, I was like, I really need this scene to be over with because <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm not even able to sit through this. It's really making me uncomfortable that he's in this tiny little space like that. That was what I mean. How if you can tell us how was that done? Um, so which part? Because like the one is a whole thing. I mean, right. uh, yeah. but this shooting inside the pipe is a whole other thing. There's yeah. a lot of prep involved. Um, we had a lot of help with second unit with this uh, mm-hmm. part of the show also, because a lot of it was really tedious. So if I just talk about like pipe shots in general, um, every shot had to be like thought out because these are real. We were using real steel pipes and um, basically we had to cut holes in them everywhere we wanted to put a camera because it's it was i think it's 18 inches the diameter of it which no. is the, wow. true, <laughs> the true like diameter of the actual pipe um ben is, is very picky about like making things as accurate as possible so um when and paul dana who did a lot of the pipe stuff and a lot of like the actual physical work on the show was really willing um to go along with it so that was great like he did so much of that like, yeah. and, and you know being stuck in that environment for hours every day um is quite painful we had to develop all these little camera tricks and nooks to be able to get in there and you know i had to change the lenses for that we used spherical lensing for a lot of that mm-hmm. um just because of the like, you can't really light inside of a pipe you can't like get anything in there right. so i mean all of the underground stuff um ben wanted really dark and like we love we both love deep blacks um so in these places where you're turning around and, and, and a lot of these places are actual locations it's not all set stuff or it's some locations with set builds inside of them mm-hmm. like the entire tunnel portion is probably shot over like five different locations in completely different places like pittsburgh um, oh wow oh really see would have never known that yeah. okay we're not too like far random. from there yeah yeah <laughs> um and sets and different sets also and um yeah it was just so it's all pieced together just like the one is i think it's like a 17 or 12 shots and all stitched together but all the stitches don't happen in darkness if like if you look at it um, there's a couple moments it goes pretty dark and people would think like that's where you stitched but everywhere that there's a stitch you see so mm-hmm. it's like match it's, it's set builds basically if we're in pittsburgh and the wall is we're on a wall and we're doing a stitch there. Well, the, the production design would recreate that wall mm-hmm. in the next location so we could keep the movement through it. Um, but yeah, by, back to the whole pipe thing. It was just like the lighting of that, which goes off to lighting those and all of these, these sets. I had to like rely on giving the actor a, a, a light. And that was like an initial before we had sets, before we had anything, it was a conversation in the look, like the first original look test with Ben. Like I was like, I need to be able to, you, I know he's going to want to see the face. He's the type of director who would want to see the face. This was Ben Stiller, you know right? I mean? yeah, yeah. Ben Stiller. Um, sorry. I, I'm not used to <laughs> <laughs> so he, like, I knew that that was going to be a thing. Like he's not like the type of director that would just, that would go for extreme dark you know, which I have done in the past. And I knew that this was like, it's also TV. Yeah. Like you just can't go too crazy. So I was like, how am I going to see these guys when they're like all over the place? And I know that we want to do this one or like, I need them to have something. So we thought of the headlamp and it turns out the actual guy uh, did have like flashlights and, a he- and he found a headlamp at one point mm-hmm. and he built like little devices, like a magnet with a light. So every shot or every setup and scene went through with the the writer and basically was like, okay, here he's going to have a headlamp. Here he's going to use this light. Here he's going to use that. In this portion, he 
doesn't turn it on for certain reasons because he gets scared because the guys are there. So I had to like just make sure that there was a backup plan for every single scenario. So I wouldn't be on set being like, uh, this is like not possible. I can't see the guy's face because, right. you know, and then basically ha- keeping dark blacks like you need to see them. So the headlamp thing, we added a little and we discovered this in prep because the we had this headlamp that had a little like ledge to it. Like it actually was built like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't white underneath. So we built with the props um, person. We like built different types of pal- like little, I don't know how to say it. In French, it's like palette, but in English, I'm trying to remember how to say it. Uh, like little rims. Yeah, okay, like, yeah. like a little lip. Yeah. Like a little lip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I would go to Paul before each shot. I'd turn on and off his little headlamp because it would flicker if you had, you had to like refresh it. And I'd choose the little lip size that we would need for the scene and also it would blind paul sometimes because mm. it was just it was like, <laughs> and, and you could angle it so when he'd go in there i'd like angle it to how much i wanted to see his face and then i the less the less i angled it the better it was for him but the less we saw his face so there was right. like that compromise and i have to ask him like are you okay with this yeah do you need me to change anything and he would like ah maybe a little bit or not like he was but he helped me a lot um because it was quite challenging, you know, and you have to tell an actor, you need to wear these glasses <laughs> and like, they have to be on, like you can't, yeah. and then, like with Benicio, it was like a thing. They would fog up and stuff. It was complicated with it. And then he would like take them off. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they knew like what they were doing. They're both like brilliant, talented, experienced actors who understand light, but it's just had to really be thought out. You know, my, my strategy in lighting usually has to be at least invasive possible, um, you know, and, and use natural light when I can as a base light. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll tend to accentuate natural light. I rarely only do natural, like they'll always be detailing. But um, something that really lets actors kind of do what they want. Like, I, I hate telling them you have to stand here, you know. But in these situations underground, when your ceiling is like five feet high or sometimes yeah. four feet high, yeah. I can't hide a light. I just can't do it. So every single practical that is in the underground was placed by me. Like I had to be like, okay, we're going to put a light here and then we're going to put a light there and we're going to put one there and they're all controlled by dimmers. And like we had to put more lights than we were going to we were going to need because I didn't always know what, exactly what the shot was. So basically you go and you see, see what it is once I can do a rehearsal and then I'm like, okay, great. So I can turn this one off or I can turn that one on and then I'd get feedback from Ben also sometimes like, it's too bright, you know? Okay. So, well, I'll turn this one off, but you're not going to see his face, you know? So there's like, we had a very good communication um, and we communicated really well together. And it was basically like, I always did was explain, you know, if he was, if there was like a, I feel like it's too flat because he doesn't like flat things. So if, if you're lighting these catwalks behind these cells, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. when they're like going down, that area was one of the hardest places to light. There's literally like three feet, between each wall mm-hmm. oh, wow. and like and like if you tilt down you see everything gonna, yeah. so like, yeah. i had to be like if you want this contract because i lit it first the first that was one of my biggest like really it was for me it was, it was, we called that set the titanic because it was really hard <laughs> it was really hard to shoot in like those catwalks are actually it's the set was all those cells mm-hmm. and the catwalks behind it was all together and it was three stories high and it literally went to the ceiling of the studio oh, so wow like, lighting it was super super challenging and very time consuming because you had to like wear sometimes in some areas harnesses you had to you know you could things weren't accessible there were walls everywhere and mm-hmm. there were bars everywhere and they were like real so you couldn't like fluidly just move around mm-hmm. um and to maintain contrast 
you need to light. Like you just, you can't just put practice. Practicals will often give you a much flatter look because they'll just like spill everywhere. And, you know, even if you control them a little bit and if you want to see an actor's face, that's not necessarily walking in a, beside a practical, you need to figure something out. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's where it got like the trickiest with the actors. And I really needed to see the rehearsal, take the time, put the light in. And it took a lot of patience from like production and the AD is, it was hard. Like the first times we were shooting in these locations, like I can't be faster. I don't know. First of all, it's slow for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we have to fix a prop. We have to fix this grate that has to be removed. Like we have to put in that piece, that grate for that scene. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, everyone needs to exit, remove everything. No ca- so cameras are taken out. Everything's taken out and then props go in and then bring back the lighting, bring back the camera. It was like, it's a, it was a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first two weeks we really were like kind of hit a wall and we're like, Oh, okay. So this is going to, this is going to take time. And there's, if you're going to do it properly, you're just going to need to take the time to do it. And, um, fortunately Showtime was on board with that. And like, I mean, it wasn't like, yay, you know, (laughs) there there was definitely a struggle there, but at the same time, I think everyone wanted to make the best show possible. And, everyone on this show was very detail driven and there was a lot of amazing creators and like from the crew to all the head of departments, you know, there was, everyone was very involved and dedicated. So it wasn't like, it didn't feel like I've always been afraid of doing TV, you know, and like they say, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's for, you know, you do TV when you're like more settled when you have kids or when you need like, you know, that, that paycheck. But when I don't have that lifestyle, I just kind of go around the world wherever I want to shoot. So I never was like, I'm not doing TV. I'm not into the look. Like it's not cinematic enough. Or, mm-hmm. But like this show, everyone involved, like treated it as a film. And I never felt like we were like, okay, like, okay, we're home now. See you tomorrow. Like it was just, right, right. right. It, it was like the passion of the shot and how can we make this as good as possible? Well, it definitely, I mean, you see that on screen. I mean, the show is beautiful. The show is very authentic, I think. You know, it just, yeah, I was you know, say there's never a moment were, where I'm like, that's clearly a set. Come on. I was just going to say. Or, when you, or or let alone five or six different locations. I, I feel kind of stupid because I seriously thought that that catwalk <laughs> was an actual yeah. location. And when we saw that, I was like, oh, where did they film that? That's cool. I yeah. assumed some, you know, factory or something like that. So the fact that that was a set, yeah. it was lit really, really well because and, and that, you know. Hats off to to set design. Also, it's a, this these this is the part of productions that people who aren't in the business don't think of. Mm-hmm. You know, they just watch a film and they're like, yeah, okay, sure, they're in it for the actors and the performance. But there's so much work. Yeah, as you've just oh, yeah. explained, so much work, and nobody really thinks about every, oh, all the people. Is, it's totally underrated, huh? Like, yeah. I, I I'm obsessed with production design. Mm-hmm. I literally spend more time in my office. In their office and in my office, I'm like I'm constantly. <laughs> what in are there you guys every doing? <laughs> like so, hey, uh, cherish the so the set deck. Like, hey, what 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 lamps do you got going on? I really like this type of street lamp. Like I, every single lamp in the show, I have to approve. I mean, there's even like one lamp I bought like myself <laughs> from like a shop in Williamsburg. The one in the dining room, um, in the in the kitchen. Anyways, so but Mark was amazing. He was so talented. His sets are so detailed. Like he would walk in them, and I was so happy. I've never had like that type of joy mm-hmm. walking into a set. Like his set, like, I would look at the paint. The guy who did the paint, I think he did paint on like Godfather or something. He was just like mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Like texture. I'm like looking. I'm like, wow, oh my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know that that many DPs get like as excited as I do, but. Um, working with him, like he just made me a better DP. You know what I mean? A lot of people right. look at movies and they're like, it's so beautiful, but 
it's not it's the dp and the and, cinematographer yeah. the, and the director you know yeah. like those three things i don't know there's costume and there's makeup but like when it comes to like the base of the yeah mm-hmm. of the texture and all that and the contrast it comes through paint and you know i'm i'm i asked to gloss the bricks i'll gloss the like it needs to be glossy paint and like i'll just detail i will take part in every single decision and then the ones that i don't usually <laughs> like there's like a ah, struggle but mark's the first first uh production designer that i really have like a that we have a full bond and you know sometimes if ben wasn't available to answer certain questions we would answer them together because we were just like really sync mm-hmm. i think you know it's it's and it's on our level of filmmaking you know so many people become obsessed with uh what type of camera you're using or what type of lenses you're using and you know it's just so much more important to pay attention to costume design and set design, production design in general. And, um, you know, your camera is just another tool, right? You know, but I don't know. I just, as I progress in my career, I, I'm definitely seeing the value of, you know, everyone wants the film look, right? Every Everybody, especially on our level, they're, they're searching that film look and they think Which they could just... Which is a very low they, they, level. They could, <laughs> yeah, right. And, and they think they could just buy it, but it's not, you know, it's not yeah. something to be purchased. You know, I'd... You know, um, so I think the I could, better the set looks, the, the easier that makes yeah. your job as a DP because you're not you're you're able to just work with what you have, right. and you're not like, okay, what is this missing? Right, well, it's have, the gloss. You don't think of things like right. that. Right, and, and to your point, it's if if you have, um, you know, you can have the most expensive light and 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 lenses and camera, but you know, if you don't have a strong base to build off of that being that set design, then, you know, it's, it's kind of, I shouldn't say it's all, all for not, but it just makes it that much more challenging. Mm-hmm. Is okay. there, do, right. do you film, uh, is, do you have a particularly favorite camera that you film on or? Uh, not really. Um, I mean, the Alexa has been the simplest one to work with right now. And like the one that I've pretty much, I, I feel like I know like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, Every project I do, I'll go through a series of tests, and usually it's two different tests. The first test is usually me alone with a camera and lenses. I'll go to different rental houses, and I'll just pop put lenses after I've read a script. And I mean, there's like this, there's a process, right? So like first you read the script, and when I read the script, like it'll always be an obvious format to me. So mm-hmm. ratio will come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that discussion happens really early on with the director. And it's either like, is this a handheld film or is this like a studio, you know, film? Like mm-hmm. what's the what's the vibe here and what's the ratio? And we have to link up on that. If we don't connect on that or if there's like a, there's just, you know, uncertainty there, then I think we're not going to see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it instinctually like I can read what the ratio is. And then the lenses, I don't, like I'll have certain ideas and the camera and those two, it's a combination on because you can like have K35s on a red and then K35s on an Alexa. It's a whole yeah. other ball game. Mm-hmm. Like it's very different. So you have to search for that combination. And also like most of my projects I've done, I've shot like nine films in this show. Like I haven't worked that many times with the same directors because I've been kind of moving around a lot. But when I work with a new director, I do have to like go through this process. So I will go to a rental house and different rental houses to give them all a chance because I don't think that, you know, you want to work. I've worked in the, in the system where like a producer will be like, this is where you rank gear and this is it. You know? oh, okay. and one, but I've also then after that learned um, from other people where they're like, well, you know what? Like, no, you go to different rental houses and then you let us know. This is like more than like early projects. And they're like, the film will choose what you need. Yeah. And now I like, now that I can like go by that 
way of thinking. Because mm-hmm. um, not when you're like starting up, you don't always know. And I'm also like someone who try like originally when I started tried to work with production a lot mm-hmm. and I feel like now I have to find a middle ground you know and be it's like sometimes I pushed other films I pushed too far you know of trying to like fight for the look but you have to like find that balance there mm-hmm. so once once you go into these rental houses and you put them on cap on you put the lenses on cameras and you try different stuff I look at it directly on a monitor and I get a feeling like it's very instinctual and like I, when I find the lenses, it's like, it's just excitement. It's pure mm-hmm. excitement. And I'm basically like, I call the director. I'm like, so I found the lenses. I think this is it. Like, look at these tests. Yeah. And, and on escape, like that was the process too. I went out. So I did first stuff it. I went to Panavision and I, I knew it was Panavision glass for this. I knew the density of their glass was right. Mm-hmm. Um, the contrast that you can get with Panavision lenses was what I was looking for also. So I did these tests with like, you know, I basically asked production, like, can I have, um, like, just two ACs and I'm going to go in the woods, you know, with a Teamster, like, in a little van and we're going to go and film stuff in the woods. And I want to also show Ben how, like, I, I feel like these night scenes should be shot. Did you guys see episode seven? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've, see, we've, so, like, seen, the, we've seen the whole thing. Yeah, we saw the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the night scenes are, like, a thing because I didn't want to light them, like, traditional night lighting in right. forest. I really despise that look. And, um... So I, I wanted to show him this kind of like day for night look thing. And I'm like, well, I need to see if he's on board, you know, because when he hired me, he had only seen Sweet Virginia and he hadn't seen any of my other work. I didn't know if he like really like we didn't know each other, you know. So mm-hmm. this like this first test is also um, like, OK, I'm, I'm going to show him like how I shoot mm-hmm. and hopefully he'll like it. If he doesn't like it, well, <laughs> we'll <have a> conversation. <laughs> but we'll see how this goes. So I went in the woods and I did all these tests with different lenses, um, different anamorphic lenses. Ben is a sucker for two, three, five. So I knew that that was going to happen on this. And mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense, you know, with regards to showing these environments and these spaces. I think they really live in um, two, three, five, especially that we do a lot of close ups. So you need to like feel the background and feel mm-hmm. the presence of like what it is to be in a prison. Um, it was all, you know, it translates on the sound as well in the show. So, um, shot these tests, came back and basically with the colorist, um, Tom Poole, who's amazing. Love this guy. He, um, was a big part of creating the look of the show. We created this footage, came in, he saw it and he was like, it's perfect. It's great. This is it. This is the look. Okay. Right. (laughs) So that was like the, so like the lenses were chosen there Mm -hmm. and the camera was chosen there. Um, and it was Alexa Minis and the G and the T series um, anamorphic lenses and then some like a slew of zooms and uh, we used prime primos for a lot of the tunnel stuff. But then the, after that, because you can't do everything with just those tests, and I have to like fight for those tests. Mm-hmm. But then after that, there was the look tests. And I feel like producers think I'm crazy every time <laughs> I do look tests. Cause like I keep getting like this weird, re- I, I don't know what it is, but like they over, like they think that I'm go- like, I'm asking for a lot. So I'm, I'm curious to speak to other DPs right? and ask like, what is their test process? Because like, I'll literally like, I need walls. Like I need like paint and I need like a mini set, you know, like yeah. a mini replica or go on a location and yeah. actually do something like that. There's no point to me in putting an actor except, okay, yes, you have makeup tests. Fine. That's one thing. It's a makeup test, right? but like hair, makeup, wardrobe, you need to take that makeup and that wardrobe and you need to put it in an environment that mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, cause um, that light isn't the light in where they're testing it is not, or putting it on is not consistent with where you're filming. No, so how right. do you know no, what that's going to look the right, like? The contrast has to work. They all the way to the great, like if you have to do, you have to shoot something that shows you all the way to the end, what it's going to look like so that 
your production designer, your director and your DP are like in, and your makeup and, and wardrobe people are watching it together and we're like, okay, we got it. Like, this is what we're doing. This mm-hmm. is the piece. And then when you're working on a seven hour, eight hour piece like this, like you need, like everyone needs to have their stuff together and everyone needs to be on the same page, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. to, to create something with a mood that's like strong and so consistent and in, 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 in time in terms of length. And I'm not a 20 year old, um, experience, 20 years of experience DP, you know, right. like I've been doing this for seven years now. Like I'm like, I, it's not, I, I make mistakes, but like on a show like this, you just can't afford to make real big mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you have so much on the line, so much money, so much time, all this sort of, how, why would you not yeah. want to run as many? I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't before, you want to be as prepared as possible? You know, yeah, absolutely. Everything, everything we tested was useful. Every single thing came up and, and all the worries that we had came up and it, it allowed everyone to say, and I don't know, like, every, like the production designer saw how I lit and he was like, Oh, okay. 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 I get it now. And then like, Bernadette makeup she was like oh yeah like we all got each other and like mm-hmm. we, we'd communicate you know and and the, very the, the makeup on that show especially on Tilly's character was crazy yeah because I, I just she, remembered seeing like the clip and I'm like man Patricia Arquette is looking harsh like what <laughs> what happens <laughs> like you know I hate well, to say it but I did think that I'm like oh my god I'm thinking of her like true romance and I'm like wow it wasn't that long ago was it and then I'm like oh <laughs> it's like okay that's perfect because yeah. I, I mean you couldn't tell that that was makeup it just looked like yeah. she'd had a rough time she wasn't wearing that much makeup um <laughs> great <laughs> I don't like I, I love her and she's great but she gave everything to the project like I mean for her it was a whole like and, and a lot I think of her face looking the way it does is also just her expression and you know like her well like her, her like, like just the, like the the like her hair and it's just mm-hmm. the way you know when you when I think of Patricia Arquette I think of like you know she's a Hollywood actress and she looked so the part, which was just yeah. this woman in the, you know, the, it's like down to the wardrobe, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's like the make, I mean, I'm sure I know there was makeup, but like, it just, maybe it was just like the expression and just the way she made her face it's the, and, you know, it's just it's crazy. Embodiment. I think it's just her embodying this yeah. person. Yeah. Cause like, I'd so seen her afterwards thing. and she looked like herself again, you know? So I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, just, the hair, the hair is not real. I think she was almost always wearing a wig. Yeah, yeah, but that, that you know, it was just so not her hair, and, and she it had just, teeth. That, yeah, the yeah, teeth because yeah. she, you know, she's she she has like that kind of famous little snaggle tooth that you know I've I've just always associated mm-hmm. with her. But at one point, when she opened her mouth. I'm like, those aren't her teeth. I was like, there's no because I know her teeth. But if you don't know that, that looks like her teeth. I was yep. like, that's those are not her teeth. <laughs> like that's in in yeah. a good way. In yeah, that, yeah. like, holy crap, you know. So. I kudos to all those people as well. Yeah. They did a great job. And I did have one question. How sweaty were people or was this all like spritzing and makeup? Because those scenes, especially down in with the pipes, oh, yeah. like Paul Dano was dripping constantly. <laughs> and well, I'm like, it's really hot in the real, like in the real location. That's what there I was, was wondering. There was an actual steam pipe there. So he was sweating, uh, which means no, you're all sweating, all, right? No, we weren't sweating at all. It was all the, the real location. I mean, like the real pipe. We were not allowed to shoot where oh, the okay. real pipe was cut. Like we, we had a limited amount of stuff we could do with the real prison. You know, we, we had two days inside mm-hmm. where we did the North Yard, one day in the winter and one day in the summer. 
uh, and that was it inside. The rest oh, really? of the interior, mm-hmm. like in, inside the walls, the rest of it is in, is in Pittsburgh and oh. in another decommissioned prison. Because this prison is like Dannemore is a functioning prison. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Like, They're like, <laughs> here's your two days, get it get it done. Yeah. yeah, and the outside, we got to do a bunch of stuff. Um, that was pretty chill. Like, that, that was pretty lenient. But um, inside was a whole thing. And just, like, getting in there was a thing. But, no, it was all, the, the sweat was all makeup. Oh, it was. Okay. Because mm. I was like, Jesus, how is he not passing out? Yeah. <laughs> like, how's the crew not passing out? But yeah. I, no, I think it was all makeup. I don't think he ever really, it was cold in that studio. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. It's the magic of Paul Dano. Just to say. <laughs> and I really also loved that scene. Uh, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, um, when they just escape and it's that that exterior nighttime scene. Oh, on the, in, the, in, when the, in the street? Yeah, and they're, they're in the street of- and they're kind of whispering to each other and they do like this little like celebration thing, you know, and they're like punching each other and um, that lighting was... Yeah, how did you... So- how did What was your approach for that? Because um, I struggle a lot with... Um, filming exterior night, you know, in an open space like that. So it always looks like there's a light outside. Yeah. <laughs> how do you? How do you? I mean, I know you you had some street lights to work with, but what's your approach for that? Maybe she'll she's gonna throw a curveball at you yeah, and be like, yeah. "What are you talking about? There's no street lights." No, there's a, there, there are a bunch of street lights. Actually, so but the thing is, all of the street lights in that area they were sodium, and oh um, okay. So one thing that I love sodium lighting. Um, ben Stiller does not. Oh. So uh, we we changed every single light. Oh wow! So, um, metal halide. Actually, no. It was. It didn't end up being metal halide. It was these LED lights that mm-hmm. kind of had like a metal halide look. Um, so every bulb was changed. Um, it was a big undertaking. And then we had I don't know. I think a total of four lifts uh, hidden in the neighbor. Like we needed. I remember walking through that. I knew that we were doing a one or I was probably like episode five is based on a lot of wonners mm-hmm. and um you know just following where these characters are going i had to go to c360 and do everything and i would have shot that if it was like only for me probably much darker mm-hmm. and a lot less like fill lighting there's mm-hmm. a lot of fill lighting yeah. i hate lighting with condors i absolutely hate condors um but you know so wise gaffers will always be like just put a couple and then we'll like turn them off if you don't like them like fine 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 <laughs> um <clears throat> but for this it was a very performance lots of dialogue mm-hmm. at part of the show so ben did want to see their faces a lot um so i I couldn't like i couldn't make it like moody it was not gonna be moody so Mm -hmm. there was like a fair bit amount of base lighting that came from the condors and then we when we pre-lit this thing it was literally we had to pre-light it for it took some days to do the whole work of it because it was like walking with the gaffer and being like okay i want this house we want these christmas lights on we want those lights gone i want that light off i like and this building turn off the side light there okay over there, far down, like put a light that's coming up through the street there, put a light on that tree here. Okay, we want this porch light to go on at this point. Like it was, it literally took me probably an hour to walk through the entire thing that they did mm-hmm. and of saying like where, what we wanted and where. And then like, like I did in the basement part of it, it was putting more stuff that I knew I could like kill after. Yeah, right. So, and the guys were pre-lighting that while we were shooting other stuff during the day, they were just setting everything up. So then when we got to the nighttime, it's like, okay, Let's walk through it, do a first pass. Okay, walk through it with um, second team, see how it's looking. Okay, and then rehearse with actors. Is it looking good? And it doesn't take you that much time to actually light it because, like, you've put so much work into it right. before. Um, but it's, you know, peppering things in. Like, oh, this house, I want a TV light. Like, I'm huge on detail lighting. Like, I love background lighting. I think it's so important. And in a show like this, especially an anamorphic show, you just need your background to look real. Mm-hmm. So, 
like every cue, everything is, there's nothing that's like, that was there. It was all made. Mm-hmm. So, and like even wow. from going on to houses and installing, okay, give these guys a porch light. They don't have one. Give them a porch light. Yeah. Like it's, it's all. They must have appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the list was really long for the amount of stuff. And then, you know, like, so you pre- you scout this with your gaffer. Basically, he comes back to me. He's like, okay, production's going to let us do this, this, this. They're not going for that. And you're like, mm, okay. Then you have to choose. Do you fight for it or not? Right. Right. Um, but like, I didn't feel like I had to fight for that much on this one. Um, and where I really needed stuff from production, they really like, they really delivered. Like the biggest place I was worried about what I was going to get. And like the thing I was the most worried about was definitely the honor block set for daylight. Because mm-hmm. it was a massive set. And one thing I think gives away TV or sets a lot is daylight lighting. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's very rarely um, achieved because usually, and I, 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 I don't think it's the DP's fault all the time. <laughs> I think it's, a lot of it is it's cost because it costs so much money yeah. to mm-hmm. light a set like that. Like yeah. you need huge lights and yeah. tons of lights. Yeah. So yeah, you're dealing um, with a, you know, a, a you know, a, giant flaming star in the sky <laughs> you know trying to recreate <laughs> and, that it's like i mean these windows were over 20 feet high like i don't remember how tall they were like three-story high windows almost Jeez. You know, so, and there and there's eight of them and they all have to feel like there's blasting daylight coming through them with yeah. the right contrast and the right texture so you can't just like shove an hmi in front you have yeah. to diffuse it and like I wouldn't do just direct lighting. I'll do a sky of sky panels, mm-hmm. basically just doing like pushing, pushing light down. down mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like we'll light a white seamless backdrop all the way around outside. We couldn't like, you know, have clear glasses and like have view. That would be way too expensive for the CG. And then we had I think we had like eight twelve Ks punching in. Jeez. One per window. And then we had two soft fifty K soft suns, which are like the really expensive lights that are a pain in the ass. But <laughs> honestly, nothing makes more beautiful daylight than those guys. And we had those pounding through. So it was like three layers and then hiding a bunch of 4Ks, jokers to do like little light hits here mm-hmm. and there, you know, like I'm, I'm very obsessed about the details. Like I said, and mm-hmm. then like, I'm okay, well, I want like a light hitting that area over there, you know, just giving a little bit of a sharpness. Okay. Let's open the windows. Every scene I had to choose like how to open the windows mm-hmm and use that and if we saw outside a lot i couldn't open them so i had to like choose when i could open it because it changes how you like you know like like sure. this glass and and everything from like choosing the type of glass with the art director and being like okay are we going to go for this type of frosting and this type of detailing and how many windows can open they have to all open in the summer you know they would be open mm-hmm. in the winter they close some of them so you have to all these things like affect the way it looks like jeez but yeah but the production for that set like they gave me the number, like I had A, B, C, D, E, F, I think, plan with the gaffer. And we got the A plan. I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> How did we get the A plan? <laughs> that but, never uh, happens. <laughs> no, but it did for that set. And like, thank God. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think it speaks to how important um, studios are seeing the, the, I guess the, the medium quality. of, yeah, the medium yeah. of telling a story through a show, you know, um, and how important it's become and how cinematic and, and, you know, I I say this to her all the time that there's so many movies that I watch that I just wish it was a TV show because I want, I want to, I feel like I could just be so much more invested into that, you know, from the character perspective, from a production perspective. And I think like, you know, uh, starting with like breaking bad and those shows, it really started this 
kind of uh, you know race to the top of quality and production value for for uh, television. television shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to have that experience that you do like when you're at the theaters. You know, when you're yeah. like lo- you're locked into a room in the theaters, you're gonna and, and the image is big. One thing about Dan Moore that was amazing is we got to see it on big screen, episode one. And like what the first time I watched it on a big screen, I've always done things for film, like mm-hmm. for theaters. I've mm-hmm. never shot for TV. So I, I've always think big, but like I hadn't seen the show on bigger monitor than like mm-hmm. a 50 inch monitor, 60 inch maybe monitor. So watching it in a theater with the sound and yeah. everything, I, I was just like, okay, this is a whole other ball game. <laughs> and you, and you can really, the performance of actors on a big screen yeah. is just a whole other thing. And now people like, okay, people at least have like fairly big televisions, but like you want to do a show, you want to do a TV show that doesn't like that. You don't want to go to the bat, like that. You don't want to go to the right, bathroom, right? You know yeah. what I mean, like, like that. You're watching the whole thing and you're committed to it. Yeah, and you're not like you know cleaning or like doing right. like random things and like stepping away. Like you can't do that when you go to the movie theaters. Like you give yourself to this piece of work. Um, so I, I I love that TV is striving to do that now, and it makes me want to do more television. And so after this, will you do? Or did you prior like approach TV differently than you would a film? Other than the obvious things of like time and and money that may come into play, but in, in terms of an aesthetic, from aesthetic perspective, are you kind of approaching them differently, or will you approach them differently? I haven't so far. Like with Animal, I just shot it how I would have shot a film, mm-hmm. but um, and approach the process of it the same way. The prep process to me, like the big thing that's that's hard and filmmaking and tv now is the time that you have to prep i love prep it's a big part of how i work and my process and especially like working with a director if i don't have the appropriate amount of time there i think it's difficult and like with with tv the time is is the big they're usually the biggest issue Mm -hmm. because you don't have enough time to the money is not necessarily the promise it's really like you have to shoot more than you do in, Mm -hmm. in in film and you have to shoot two cameras sometimes. And I'm really against shooting two cameras. I really dislike it, but I had to do it in order to give um, Ben the material he needed to shoot the thing. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. he's super respectful in the sense that if I thought for a scene, I couldn't do it. Like it would ruin the lighting. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I think for this scene, like, no. Mm -hmm. And then he like, and then he'd be like, okay, cool. But then sometimes he's like, just, I really need the two cameras on this one. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll make it work. And I won't talk about the problems. I'll make it work. I'll go scream into my pillow afterwards. But you'll get it and if he's like, if he's like, is this like, I'm like, mm-hmm, two cameras. Yeah, so I, guess <laughs> yeah. I did try to tell you, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. I know. It was always really cool working like that. And I, I just think you think sometimes you're faster with two cameras and sometimes it really slows you down. So you got to like um, analyze the whole thing. Yeah, yeah we, how, we actually had an experience with that once. The first that we only, I mean, I shouldn't say like, well, we have the option to shoot with two cameras. No. We just choose not to. Yeah. We did have an opportunity once. We were like, this is going to be awesome. It's going to speed everything up. And we're like, well, this is my, not as fast as I thought it was going to be. My approach to it was that I, I re- there was a really intense performance for you and Ryan. They had a scene where they were just like crying and it was just super emotional. And I just wanted to have two cameras to capture both sides of it. And I was, you know, afraid that. You I know, would run out of tears. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, so. Well, that's where it makes the most sense. Yeah. In so Virginia, the scene that we did at the table with them at the diner. Yeah. Yep. Like that was an improv scene. And oh. like a lot of like, you know, like Jamie, let them, there was a script, but they like, he let them go. And he's like, I need it to be too. Cam-. And same thing with Jamie and I, like it was, it's very good, easy to decide if it's single. He doesn't even like doing two cameras, but at that moment it was like, okay, mm-hmm. um, 
like I'm gonna let them go. I can't ask them to redo it. You know what I mean? So we just did cross coverage on that. Mm-hmm. And the location worked for that. You know, you choose your locations in consequence of those things. Right. right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, we had our last short was pretty heavily improbbed i think there was a there was a script but um both you and the other actor we they i let them play a lot (laughs) but we shot one camera on that so editing was was fun we shot one camera (laughs) because we have a camera so So we (laughs) filled with what we have but um so i i did have one question Uh, i have several questions actually but um Benito, Do you work for cake? No. <laughs> <laughs> pay you in lasagna. Yeah. Um, Benito del Toro is I when we were watching this show, I said to him, He's just Benito I, del Toro all over the so place. He's so intimidating as oh. as an actor, like that and especially the way he plays the character, which called for it. But if you can say, is he is he is he actually just like a really sweet, like easygoing guy, or is he always that intense? Oh, he, I mean, he's someone who has a huge presence. Like, when he walks into a room, you definitely feel. Oh, yeah. Del Toro's in the room. room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you feel it, and, like, the energy can change. But I think um, he just, he commands respect mm-hmm. uh, on set, which is interesting. <laughs> no, it's, I, I love working with him, honestly. We didn't talk much until, like, a long time into the, I went up to have a conversation with him at one point because I wasn't operating a lot on the show. I mean, yeah. I did some, some of the work, but barely any because I just couldn't do it. It was too... It was too, it was too involved. There's so many things. It was like second unit was shooting all the time. I had to like run over and yeah, time is of the essence. Like, yeah. yeah, no, no. Yeah. Like I was like lighting three sets at the same time. Do you do, so, you, do you like operating? I love operating. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Sweet Virginia was I did like ninety eight percent of operating yeah. on that, and like I mean, I just love it. Like it's like I just get a really big drive when I do it. Like mm-hmm. energy is great. Um, but getting back to him, like I did, you know, I usually I connect more with actors because like I'm. I'm in front of them, you know, mm-hmm. I'm there with the camera, but on this, I was very distant. So I did feel the need to go up to him and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm a really, because he's very quiet and he doesn't, he's, he comes in and he's super focused on the work and it's not like a, you won't start like chatting with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, he like, sees very, like, it. Okay, yeah. Work. Um, and he's very, like brings a lot to the table, like very creative actor. Um, he'll change, He'll change the scenes with Ben. Like they'll work through it, and it'll become. Every actor did that on this, like mm-hmm. every lead, but but he definitely like did it more, I think, than anyone. Um, and in the details, and I was very obsessed with props. Um, which, but I, I like really respect people that are kind of crazy and obsessive with stuff like that uh-huh. because I think that's like brilliant people tend to like, kind of be like that. Um, so I went up to him, and at one point I said, you know, like, hey, I really like working with you. I know we don't talk much because I'm not there with the with the camera, but you know. And that kind of broke the ice a little bit and helped. But he, he definitely is someone that you don't feel like you can just go up and be like, hey, what's up? Right. <laughs> he like, has a huge presence. Yeah. He has a very big presence. Um, but that works. Like, it works with the character. It was really interesting. That was, and, and to have yeah. Different, to have different actors on set kind of, like, with different personalities is really interesting as yeah. well. They're not all the same. They're all very different. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I mean, I found myself, especially after the escape, just hating. I mean, first of all, from the beginning of Del Toro's character, I was like, I don't trust this guy. <laughs> like, he's going to be trouble. And not in the obvious sense, but just in the plan. And I was like, why is Paul Dano doing all the work? <laughs> I was like, his character's yeah. doing all the work. And I just knew that things were going to kind of go south. And But he played that so well in that. Every time he would do what that character would do, I just was so, even though I knew it was coming, it was like, why? 
why you're ruining this whole plan <laughs> just listen to paul dano yeah um and yeah. and also, i don't think he wanted to, he didn't want to that guy didn't really no want that guy it. was riding his own melt through the whole thing but yeah. um but he just did such a good job of that um and you know benicio has this really like dead stare that he gives you that you're just like all right you do what you want um okay fine and say he you know it's i think that's something i'd like i'd like to say that's his acting but i think that's just probably <laughs> that he has a scary look yeah. <laughs> in real life too um but he has, a, he has a resting i'll kill you face yes he has a resting <laughs> i'll kill you face um and there was a scene speaking of lighting this whole episode's been about lighting because lighting is so freaking important <laughs> yeah um um i can't stress that enough um but when he just before he gets caught Oh, and he's in, in the, that in the trailer camp, yeah, yeah. and he's drawing the horse, I believe was it was a horse and he's got yeah. the, the lighter. And I thought for a second, oh, here we go. Cause every time you see that, I'm always in, in film. I think that is the brightest lighter I have ever seen in my entire life. It always <laughs> lights up an entire room, but this scene, yeah. it was so focused right on the spot. That light was right. We were supposed to be. And everything behind him was dark and saturated the way it would, be yeah, yeah. if it was only a lighter how did they do that it's a light bulb on huh. like a, a dim it's actually my gaffer had this like weird little device i didn't even know you listed uh <laughs> <because of> my, <laughs> my lack of experience so far um i was afraid i would usually light that just with a lighter it usually wouldn't like i've done a scene where i lit an entire scene just with a lighter mm-hmm. uh in the past um but this scene I think I was on Primo's just because I needed more light, but um, this one, he gave me that extra light so that it was, it would read the flicker of the actual lighter and mm-hmm. it would adjust to it, but it wasn't like very perfect. And it, even in the grade, I kept telling Tom, Tom, ah, I hate it. It's like it's not timed properly. It's weird. But anyways, but it worked. It worked well for people who are in the scene. And I do have a question for you guys because oh. when he turns off his lighter, there's a moment where it's his face. Did you guys like? Can you guys see his face? Because that's I, my favorite. She moment. actually. It's funny you say that because she. <laughs> He's getting excited yeah, because she actually made a comment at that moment. As soon as he turns off the lighter, she goes, "That's beautiful." That frame is a good one. Like this lit by um, I made Mark make up a hole in the ceiling. That's the real trailer where the guy went, by the way. Like, oh, the real wow. Yeah, because I know they filmed a lot of, like, with actual people that were there, and, and Ben Stiller was really good about that. Usually yeah. it's just, yeah. you know, all characters, but yeah, they actually yeah. did go out of their way to do that. But that's funny that you say that, yeah. Yeah, because there's a skylight there that we put so that I could do base lighting. So a lot of it happened. There was, like, this, like, blue hour moment where it's basically going to night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's going to go in a trailer with tiny little windows. I need, like, I need some help here. So yeah. they put in, they made a hole there so we could, like, have extra light pushing in there. And um, I'm, like, I'm in love with that moment. Like, yeah. that's exactly, like, how I would light it and how the exposure that I wanted. But I know that on a see it in theaters, it would look great. But I was always worried on a TV, like, do, do people see no. anything? Yeah. Like, yeah. I was, no. And <laughs> our TV is older. Our TV is, like, probably eight years old, so it's not like we have, like, this 4K brand new TV. And, yeah. and Our TV and, is generally fairly contrasty. Yeah, and it, but once that light went out, I was yeah. like, beautiful. Because yeah. that, that's, that's, funny. that's, that's <laughs> such a <laughs> that pet peeve moment. when I see that. And, and normally in a scene, How do you the light scene is either no, no light. you see people overlight a scene and the light is so harsh at, or when it's supposed to be a darker scene, 
um, or actually, actually around the other way around, it's a, it's, there's usually not enough light in a scene. You're like, mm-hmm. God, I can't see the details of this person's face. The scene is not, there's, we need, you know, they needed, we need like a monset. Uh, they needed more lights. And mm-hmm. then for some reason, once you go into an, a nighttime scene, it's like, bring out all the fluorescence. And it's yeah. like, this doesn't, when have you ever walked outside at night and seen that much detail on somebody's face? So you could actually see there's always this very white fluorescent light you know somewhere in the distance and that scene looked i mean i saw it i could see it on, yeah it looked beautiful yeah it had like you know just a, a nice nice hint a hit of like i don't know if it was like green or blue in there and that was really mm-hmm. nice I, I mean i run away from magenta so like any blue there's never anything like blue blue purple it'll always go to like green yeah yeah well, well done. <laughs> we I'm glad saw you guys it. like that. We appreciated it. Yeah. It was it was it was not uh, wasted on us. We definitely saw that. I think that's uh, I I kind of laugh about the fact that enjoying any time of cinema is ruined once you get into film because you just nitpick the crap out of everything. I don't think I could ever sit down and just watch a movie again because if something's not lit yeah. well, I'm always like, oh, scene would be really great if the lighting wasn't all it, fucked up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, well, most most I, I think most uh, you know decently budgeted movies are competently made, you know, in terms of their lighting and stuff. But when you have something special like the Namora or Sweet Virginia, those are just like whoa. Yeah, you it's kind definitely of a weird thing, right? you definitely lighting, have a look. Yeah, like I, you know, like. But but I never thought that I did before. But that's the funny I, thing is like I would have. It's not so much so that. I even knew it was you on on Escape, right? Because I would have been like, "Oh, well, that's Jessica Lee Ganyi." Because I know that I know that I know that DP and and her work. But it's I don't know. There's like a richness, and there's such a um, there's such a warmth. I think to to the color and just to the there's I, just this texture to yeah. It there's a texture like, and a warmth to it that and the that lighting see a lot. The yeah. lighting's always on point, and I think that it makes sense now because you're so involved in lighting and all of that. There's not, you know, not every DP does that. Mm -hmm. There's some DPs that are like, I don't know. You figure out the light. (laughs) Like, I can't do that. And and that never made sense to me. That never made sense to me. I'm like, but your, your, your job is what we're looking at here. This is your visual. You're the, the, the the king or queen of the, the, the vision. So how could you not be involved in what the lighting looks like? And how do you prepare? But I mean, I, I've seen, I've, you know, I've actually seen that where the DP is nowhere near the gaffers and they're just like, oh, you do your job and I'm just going to stay here with the camera. And I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, but so we, you can tell certainly. Yeah. You, you, it's hard to find the right team to like, let you be like that also. Cause like I've worked with gaffers that are reluctant to, I like direct lighting. Like mm-hmm. I'm not like a bounce light person. Like I really like no book lights direct. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I've done the book light thing, but like it just doesn't in fiction. I just don't like it much. Um, it's just not me. Like I'll use it for some stuff. It's useful when like you have Patricia's glasses. I mean, the glasses are a pain in the ass on this. Because <laughs> yeah. um, she has like hair like that and then she has her glasses. I, I, there's times where like I couldn't, like I had to do something. I had to put like some light there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had contacts. So it was like really dark eyes. But um, okay, I need a partnership with my gaffer. I need him to understand that, like, I'm going to come up to him and I'm going to have problems with stuff. I'm going to be like, I don't like this. Or we need to fix this. Or this doesn't feel right, you know? And, like, it has to feel right. And if, until it doesn't feel right, I don't feel good on set. Like, I, I, it's, a, it's like a feeling thing. I'm like, okay, okay, now it's working. We can shoot it. 
But like, if it's like, I don't know what it is sometimes it takes time and then you just change one detail and everything works. Yeah. But I've worked with gaffers that have like literally impeded me. Um, and that's like a huge, it's a huge struggle. Like I can't let that happen. It's happened to me even recently. And it it fucks up. I'm sorry. It messes up your work. You can can say sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You can say anything you want here. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's just that they don't understand. Sometimes when you're technically in, there's a hierarchy to filmmaking and I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if you're, and, and the director's above me and if he says this is not working, I have to fucking listen. Yeah. yeah. If, if my gaffer, I'm telling him this is not working and he just right. like has excuses or whatever. It's like, that's the worst. And it, I've been in situations like that yeah. and I'm learning still to cope with those human relationships that you have to deal with on set. Yeah. I'm not like amazing at that yet. I haven't found like the entire crew that I want to work with in every single country, you know, and mm-hmm. I've been traveling and every film I've done, I've recruited up. I've mm-hmm. never had the same crew and like, it's always, okay, new person, new personality, yeah. dealing, dealing with their egos, yeah. dealing yeah. with men, dealing with older men, dealing with like people that are just, uh, don't give a crap about you. They're there for the director. They're not really there for you. That's yeah. also a thing. You know what I mean? Like that is, is really hard to deal with. Um, and then just having to push and fight for everything. Yeah. Um, on Danamora, I honestly, I don't want, like, I had an amazing gaffer. He had my back the whole time. He was like, he was, like, my group and my gaffer were both, like, amazing. I have nothing to say about them. But, like, in the past, like, I've had situations where yeah, I have a gaffer that doesn't have my back and it changes my lighting aesthetic and I'm unhappy with the project. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, and then, like, like you know, it's kind of, where's like, your I, heart I, in that at yeah, that point? Because you're like, well, this isn't going to work. Yeah, I certainly don't. <laughs> no, if they don't have your back, then you don't, you don't go off on the right tangent and you, they pre-light and you're not there for like every single moment because you're busy like prepping or scouting another location. You show yeah. up and it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. On an indie movie, it's too late. Mm-hmm. And they screwed you over and yeah. you're like, you know what I mean? And then you can't like fire someone because like no one else wants to work on the project. And it's like, it's, it's hard. It's like those things are things that I can't wait to have like locked down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, we certainly, I've never dealt with that many people, but I can't tolerate any kind of like, everyone's there to do the, everyone's there to, to, to do the job and have fun doing it, hopefully, you know, and, you know, if you're adding any kind of drama or, 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 you know, any kind of resistance in any way for, you know, if you, if you don't, if your gaffer were to not agree with you and he had a solid reason, well, well, here's why I don't agree. Well, let me hear you out. Okay. But this is what needs to get done. So let's just get it done. Just like if you and a director don't see eye to eye on something, but you can make a compromise to get the job done and make it work, you know? And mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't know. I, I can't tolerate that sort of mentality. Cause I just, it's just the, um, just the, um, what's the, What's the word I'm looking for? It's just like Bullshit. this. The, yeah, I guess ego. I guess ego is the, <laughs> yeah, probably ego. the best. Yeah, ego is a big thing in this industry. I, oh, yeah. I've always, I, I can't stand it. And I have had to put my ego behind me so many times for many people. And now, after like several different projects of being like, okay, this cannot, like this can't happen anymore because I'm just at a level where the next work is going to be important. And I can't, I can't let someone hinder my work because of their bad attitudes and their egos. And when you look at directors that are really performing and are really amazing artists, they've gotten to the level where they have so much respect that no one gets in their way yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm new in this industry. Um, I'm young and people don't know who I am and they have no idea when they meet me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it usually takes the entire film for them to be like, Oh, wow. 
okay, I get it. Like, yeah. I get it. But like when they meet me, they're like, who, who, like, who are you? And like, yeah. what's your deal? And like, they don't care. Give me some coffee, please. I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people, like that happens, you know, that's happened. Um, but <laughs> oh, <it's>, no. <laughs> like, I'm the oh, DP. Okay. okay, sure you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm at the, so are you the second AC? I'm like, no, I'm the DP. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, or like this, but when they see the work, like when they see the final product, yeah. mm-hmm. because like often like people are not behind the monitor you know they're not necessarily there yeah. Yeah. they're not yeah. seeing what you're doing and then when they see they're like oh this person's actually able to do what she's you know she's actually doing something good yeah uh, i just can't wait for like that part of my career to be over <laughs> yeah. you i mean you have Constantly to having to prove yourself you you don't strike me as the kind of person that is going to take take on a, a production that whose script you don't believe in right. or have a connection to so if if you're on set and everything kind of goes to shit because of egos, I'd imagine that's that's a real bummer for you because you, know, you seem to have like You're a lot of integrity, it, yeah, yeah, in what you do. And I think there's this. It's just so ironic to hear you say, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I get to that point because right now, if somebody was like, "Oh, we got Jessica Lee again," you'd be like, "Give her whatever she wants, okay? Just yeah. whatever she says for the lighting, you just do that." Like yeah. I, I would think. Come on, people, you know, like you just look at somebody's work. You look at something like Sweet Virginia. You look at Escape from Denimore and like, this person knows what they're doing. Yeah. I'm not going to question that unless there's something that you absolutely must oh, have yeah, or want. You got the egos. You know, but especially yeah, if you're being hired. You talked about, you know, you can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Something's like running a movie to the ground. Let's talk about it yeah. and figure it out. But, you know, when you look at a script and you get excited about a script and you just, oh my God, this is like so, such a great idea. I want to do it. But then you show up and then you're like, you don't know the rest of the crew. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think now another thing they don't talk about when like you're choosing projects is you have to look at who are the people involved. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you have to, I'm not American. I haven't been working in this industry. I don't know anyone in New York. I don't know anyone in the US except for the people I've worked with on these. I did a movie after Denmark and I did Denmark in the US, but like I haven't, and, and Sweet Virginia was shot with Canadians in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't like know people. I have no, now I have to research and be like, who, and I just like recently figured this out. Like I need to do this. I need to find out who are the key players. Do I respect their work? Do I like them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, do they, do they have integrity? Do they, you know, because like a DP, especially young DPs who are really trying to make it, they will give everything to a project. And like, I want to give everything, everything I do, but is that the same for everyone involved? Because if you're working with people who are not on the same page as you, it can, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. You you can get bitter. Yeah. We deal with it a lot on our level because, you know, we're always, we're always, and I suppose to a certain degree, it has to be this way, but we're always going to be the ones most, uh, you know, we're always the ones that are going to be most, involved in the project and the ones that are most driven by the project. I don't expect a sound person to have as much passion for this project as I do, but I do expect that they're going to come and do uh, at least have pride in their work and come and do as good a job as they can, mm-hmm. you know? And um, it's great when you can get somebody on board. That's like, I, I love this project. I think it's going to be really good. I and think that can happen for everyone though. I think that can be for every position. Yeah. UK, maybe it can be harder for like, your third grip to be really, really invested if he's right. only there like several times mm-hmm. in, in, you know, during the shoot. But I think when there's a beautiful energy on set, when people truly believe in a director and the actors, 
then something kind of magical happens. You know? yeah. Like we're all crazy for doing this kind of work. It's completely insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone in film is insane. Um, and, and especially like filmmaking. I don't mean like, you know, episodic TV is like maybe another thing, but like it's, it, you have to be crazy to do these sacrifices in mm-hmm. your life for something like this. Yeah. And you, you have to love what you do. And that's from, I think every, everyone on set can feel that because there's, there's a beautiful energy there sometimes. And, if you have a good director, he'll make everyone in a like, even if they don't talk to necessarily every PA, they'll make people proud of being on that set. Yeah. Like for me, a big thing is just like, I want to have fun doing this. You know, I mean, it's, there's a lot of work that has to get done and we have to, you know, sometimes we have to hustle and sometimes it's going to suck. But I just, if I'm not having fun doing it, then it's not really worth it. And I include a lot of the stress that naturally comes with that, you know, deadlines and, oh my God, we have four more shots and we only have a half hour of this place left and we got to rush and get the walking scene and it looks like crap now because we didn't have enough time. And so those stresses are are innate in in anything you do, but I've never not had a good time making something. And it's just such a goal of mine that everybody has a good time. And if the, the mood needs to be more somber because the 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 actors need that then that's fine too but i don't know there's just something about i never want to feel like it's a job it's a job you know i mean there's just so much stress that comes with it naturally like why would you add i think more? you see that uh, a lot also though on like the on uh television maybe i'm naive like television <laughs> my impression of television and working on those sets is yeah. that it's very just like we're here to work right let's just bang this out and that's it and so we get this done i want to go home yeah and, and, uh, and sure that happens one but. of the funny example that we use all the time was when I was on set as an extra for something and I, I immediately walk up to the director of the DP because, you know, as a filmmaker, I'm like, ooh, what's going on? You know, so I was just kind of lingering around them and I texted him and I was explaining and I was like, it's so crazy. There's so many people here on set and it's like nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's just there was so much chaos. And the first question he asked was, what are they filming on? Ask the director what they're filming on. And so I, you know, waited for the opportune time and the director kind of was, he he had called me over for one of the shots or whatever. And so we were just kind of standing. I said, so uh, what are you guys filming on? And he looked at me and he said, I have no idea. <laughs> and, I, and so I texted him back. He's like, what? And then like the director just looked at me and he goes, I don't know. I, does anyone, what are we filming on? I feel like I should know that. And I was like, "Never mind. It's, it's not important. I was like, <laughs> He's going to kick me off the set because I made it look stupid, but then there was also that, how do you not know what you're yeah. filming on as a director? But it's TV. It's a series. You know, it's like that, sure, yeah. the very stereotypical, like, just bang him out. He was there to direct that episode and you're done. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. <laughs> I would never it's want to fun. do that. Yeah. yeah. That happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing for some people. And, uh, you know, whatever. I guess yeah. it's just, I don't, I'd rather work on an indie set and... I guess not make as much because we don't. Just but have fun and, and then be able to tell stories. Like, remember that time we shot that thing and there was no heat in the house and we all had to. <laughs> we blah, all had blah. pneumonia. I love that. I love that stuff. <laughs> that was a great shoot. Yeah, I love like when we shot upstate and we oh, we rented this cabin to sleep in and film in, but there was just dead bees everywhere and wasps. And wasps and <laughs> we had was, to rent a yeah. We had to get a hotel. We had to stay at a hotel that I was sure we were going to be murdered. So in, fun! But... It was horrible, but so fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, loved it. what other type of job lets you do that? Yeah, right. <laughs> I just need to find a big company to pay me a, a that was all, salary. That was also the set that you erased all of our footage off the yeah, SD card. That was not fun. No, that God. was not fun. Yeah. 
work that out. I had the flu. It was really late in the shoot. We were rushing and I grabbed the wrong card and put it in. And put it in. And then like after that, he yelled cut and he just looked up at me and I was like, what? And he's like, I don't know I how to, to tell you this. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, how, how did much- you realize that you deleted the card? <sighs> Well, you know, hey, I'm still new at this. and uh, <laughs> It was like nine years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Ha- Tell her of your shame. <laughs> yeah, I had the, a bunch of cards. And of course, they all look the same. And of course, we're rushing. And this was kind of our first biggest shoot where yeah. we had rented it. We had a bunch of people there. Not a bunch, but for us, a bunch. And um, I just was, I was just rushing, and I grabbed the wrong card. And usually, I, I mark it. You know, you have the cards; you can slide them up so they they're locked or whatever. And I didn't do that, and I just mm-hmm. grabbed the wrong card because I didn't slide it up and lock it. Yeah, I never to, done that again. I wanted to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> you make just, that mistake. Once. I saw the blood drain from his face, yeah. and I was like, "Oh no, yeah. <laughs> that's not a good thing." Yeah, we had so, like stunts, and we had fight choreography, and God, that was not that was lost, but just in the film, it was yeah, a big film for us. That was a tough one. Um, so, so before we wrap up, is there anything that you're working on that you want to talk about? Or uh, currently, no. Like right now, I'm trying to not work, which has nice. been a challenge um, <laughs> over the past couple of years because I've just been hopping from one thing to another. Um, and I want the, I don't know. I just I'm at a point where I just need to pick the right project. And well, you're in luck. Um, Great, no. I'll send you the script yeah, I just yeah. finished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being really picky and trying to get my agents to help me out also in that. Just need to be very selective. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're, you're, you're looking for, but you're currently looking for projects. You're just trying to find. Yeah, I'm reading, I'm, I'm reading stuff, but I just haven't found like a perfect fit thing. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I don't think it's going to be perfect because I don't think that really exists, but like I haven't found the. Something that speaks to you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, or sometimes, you know, timing has to work out or whatever, like in films, you know, really at the last minute in the U S like when they get, when they go to picture and like, they'll be like, okay, like we're going to picture in like a month. And you're like, what? And yeah. like, I don't, I don't like that process. I don't, I don't, um, I don't actually like this way of producing films. Like I, I would, I like working long term on mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. like my goal is to just find my matches and directors and basically, um, work with them over years and, you know, read stuff and slowly like produce something with them you know yeah. it's like a it's it's i'm in the process of doing that like anything that i'm working on right now is like long term and nothing's like immediate um but yeah, i'd rather that because you know the people and then you can really find the right crew and the right people around you to do it mm-hmm. when you have time but like most of the stuff i've worked on in the past couple of years has been so you're gonna have 14 days uh, to prep this, and you know no one in this country, but you're gonna figure it out, and we're gonna make you meet people, and you're gonna be stuck with them for five months. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> make it work. Yeah, make it work. Yeah, I don't want to do that anymore because it compromises my work too much, and I just can't do it. I think you should find a, a really low level group of filmmakers <laughs> that just give you all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah. Guys, <laughs> um, get real. Yeah, seriously. Um, so. So that's cool then that that you're that you've made it to a place in your career that you can do that. I, mean, that's, I think this this interview inspiring. has been both inspiring in that holy crap we got Jessica Lee Gagne on and and I you know I love her work but then hearing you have to actually validate yourself to other people is crazy because yeah. I'm just like how are you not <laughs> like how can you not just say this is 
Well, I know what know, I'm it's doing. A, it's a very misogynistic kind of industry. It's a total. Hey, you, you don't know? have to tell me, but my man, look, look who I'm, I'm talking to. But, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm happy that you're talking to us, but in a way, I kind of hope that things work out in such a way that I'll message you and be like, hey, do you want to come back on? And you'll never answer me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to be that person. I, like, I, I, you know, there's always a way to like fit in an hour somewhere. I mean, I'm not See? shooting right now. If I, yeah. if I was like shooting, it'd be, I'd be like, I'm shooting. Right. right. Obviously. Yeah. And I think talking about these issues and not just about like the work, like talking about like what it is to work in this industry is really yeah. important. Yeah. Staying I think, humble. I think, I think that's the one thing that gets like lost. A mis- you know, don't really understand what it, what it is to work on the level that you're working at and what's involved in it. You know, mainly like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was awesome talking to you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much for, for coming for on. The time. I was yeah, pretty. Was I was pretty sure we were going to have to like do something else this week because I was like, she's going to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, nah, I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, so we really, really appreciate yeah, you. Thank you so much being on here. And people can check out. I think y- your website is uh, jessicaleganyi.com. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? So you could check out yeah. her work. Uh, please watch her films. They're amazing. Yep. And uh, we hope to have you on again when you've got your set crew yeah. and you still make time for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll, um, that'll is, be yeah is there any any social media um, that you want to shout out or have people uh, follow? I have an Instagram, but I'm not like a really like uh, people say my Instagram's too dark. So I don't know. So, like, you know <laughs> I you love go on my Instagram. Instagram it's like, brighten it up or something <laughs> no, no 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 i like Be your you. instagram yeah, yeah that's that's your that's your look we'll put we'll put all the links in the show notes yep. as they do in these podcast things um all right well thank you so much for coming on and um hopefully we'll talk to you again soon yeah yeah lovely meeting you guys you too, you too. bye did i hold my composure no <laughs> It was, it was tough. Thankfully the video feed went through went down halfway through and we couldn't see her anymore so i didn't have to like <laughs> so I, I felt like she wasn't seeing my 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 fanning out, <laughs> uh, but that was oh, that was an amazingly informative. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the most informative, the, like technically most informative, informative yeah. episodes that we had. Yeah, she's amazing. She knows every like I don't know. She knows her shit, guys. Yeah. Why you wouldn't hire her and be like just just make it look cool? I'll be over here telling the actors what to do. You know. Yeah. Not to be a cornball, but like my goal now as a as as a filmmaker mm-hmm. is to be able to get enough money mm-hmm. to hire her mm-hmm. and be like, just do what she wants. <laughs> you do you what, just tell me what you do what that woman me. says. Whatever she wants, you make it happen yeah. because whatever ha- whatever she asks for, it's going to look stellar. Yeah, she lit inside of a trailer during blue hour and managed to pull it off. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I've seen that fail miserably from very, very "quote unquote" well-known. Yeah, well, I think DPs. to her to her point, it's all in the details, right? Because I get so obsessed over innocuous details, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's really what helped me in my career as a designer and as a filmmaker. Not that we've had a lot of DPs on, but like a, a couple interviews and stuff that I've read of DPs, mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody be so invested. In every aspect of yeah. the visual side you gotta know what you of want. that project. You know? Like then, I said, there are DPs that, are, that will sit there mm-hmm. at their rig. I'm just like, I'm not moving from here. Yeah. And you go figure it out over there. Because yeah. they don't really care if... The, they're not invested it's in the job. mood of the lighting. It's yeah. a job. It's a job. It's a job. And she It's the difference between being a, a, you know, like a, an artist and just a, 
a worker, I guess, for lack of a better word. I think I think that that happens to good people, though. I think that people start out that way, and then yeah, I've they get you know that. you get a paycheck, yeah. and it's like oh okay, I guess I don't really care too much about details, yeah. and that makes me sad. Yeah, I want I like it's going to happen to me. Yeah. I you know, <laughs> but I, I I'm have, just saying I, I would a, never want that you know, to happen. As an example, I have a day job that I you know I do design and mm-hmm. stuff, and um, you know I don't ever go in there thinking like oh I'm just gonna there are certain. So there are certain things where you, that you don't have any control yeah, over. Yeah, there are certain aspects of corporate that you... Yeah, that you can't control. And I'm sure that's the same on film sets when you're like, I, you know, as you said, I really want this. Well, production is going to pay for it. Well, then you got to figure something else out. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, your hands are tied. Your hands are always tied for something, whether it's money or whatever, usually money or time or whatever it is. But I can, even at a job that I work at every day for the past six years, I never walk in there as as a... As a, as it's a job, I want to make something interesting, and I want to make something that I'm proud to make. You know, even if it's like the seventh matchup that I've made or whatever <laughs> it is, you know, I still want to find a way to do it in an interesting way. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Otherwise, like, I, I could, otherwise I could just go work at a movie theater again or something. You know, like it's just I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, rant, are you saying rant that done. Are you saying that movie theaters aren't fun places to work for me? I've worked at one. I know. So for me, it's not a create as a creative as an outlet as I do now is what I'm saying. I mean, it doesn't mean it's any less important. I think the only job that I would go back to is working at a video store. <laughs> it's yeah. the most fun. Oh, it's certainly a fun job Bring for sure. VHS back yeah. so that I managed a blockbuster as well. Yes, you that did. It was fun. Um, My time in a video store was very clerks like. Yeah. Very much like this. So that I saw that film. I think that film came out just before I started working at a video store. So I kind of adopted mm-hmm. that work ethic and brought it with me. And I was yeah. like, oh, this isn't a real job. This is just a place that you like fuck around and get it pro- paid. It probably goes to, it probably just extends to how you view life, right? Most people just want to get through the day or whatever. But I'm always looking to try to make the day fun and interesting. And I'm not, I'm not in this field, unfortunately, on my day job. I'm, no, it, it could but- be worse. I, I've worked offices and did the whole. I still work at an office, but I work at a vet. Yeah. So it's my my um, coworkers are we have like a more of a family kind of relationship, and it's very mm-hmm. laid back. But coming from working really strict offices and having worked in mental health, yeah, it gets worse. So it sure does. Yeah. I I can't really complain about what thing, I do. Too. It's like you could it could always be worse, right? It could always be worse. I guess. You know, and, and I think because we've been in that position, we know how lucky we are to be able to, you know, it's, it, you know, filmmaking for us. Tell me, Paul. Filmmaking. Well, all right. You ready? Here it is. <laughs> filmmaking for us is never, it's okay if it, it is never a career for us because we're. I don't think it's ever going to be. Well, I hope it will. But, yeah, of course. We, you know, that's, that's the goal. But, yeah. you know, we work so that we can make films and mm-hmm. that's, it's never, I don't know. I know you haven't and I certainly have never looked at it as a way of like. You know, like, all right, well, if we just do this for five years, then we'll be in a place where we can make money. That's mm-hmm. what we want. We would love to be able to, you know, start making films for studios or shows or whatever it is, you know. Um, but, you know, here I go. And you know again. You know. I'm back on the you know train. Son of a gun. But um, we're happy doing it. And that's what yeah. makes the quote unquote day job, even though my day job, I get to be creative. I mean, if I get to actually work with, um, a director that I look up to and whose work I enjoy. If I forgot to work on a freaking set where Jessica Lee Kanye is the DP, I'm going to be doing a freaking happy dance. But I'm realistic in that mm-hmm. that probably won't happen. I mean, mm-hmm. the chances are kind of low. It's not impossible. But 
But it doesn't so mean you gonna, shouldn't try. Yeah, right? but I still, you know, I'm I'm still gonna act and yeah. write and mm-hmm. I so must keep, create. Keep doing it. I have to do Woo! it. All right, that's enough rambling. Okay. Now I'm All hungry right. and I'm gonna start. Hungry. I'm gonna become belligerent shortly. So shout outs to uh, Steady Geekin and Reality Bomb Comic Cast. Um, Perry, Perry, Mega, Mega Brain, Brain Comics, Comics. Uh, and again to Jessica Lee Yenny for being on the show. I'm just gonna fucking live on a cloud for a while that <laughs> could you imagine if we actually like had a drink with her at dinner or something that'd be awesome now she's definitely not going to do it if she's listening to this because she's like they're psychotic <laughs> okay guys All i right, get so, it you so like my throw, work we should throw in a little negative thing right so she doesn't think like i mean she's no you know she's no martin scorsese or anything you know isn't that what we're supposed to do to people is like he's not a dp All right. <laughs> she's no philip bloom am i right <laughs> She's not. How, She's better than Phil Bloom. Whoa, whoa. We still want to get him on, so. Well, she's as good as Philip Bloom, then. I'm drawn to her stuff more. I, I, well, you know what is, is, like you said, it's dark. I love dark stuff. Mm-hmm. I love dark stuff. I yeah. just do. And how many times have people, I've actually had people say to me, you need to write stuff that's, like, funnier. Yeah. And look, I like writing funny stuff and skits. And we have, obviously. But I don't think that, I don't think that I would ever be happy writing a feature length comedy. Yeah. I I love watching feature length comedies. Other people do a great, I'm it's, it's just not my thing. Yeah. It's I couldn't, yeah. I can't do funny for that, that long. Much, in our case, that much money and time and, and everything. Yeah. It's not it. my passion. Passionate about it. You it's not to. my passion. I'm, yeah. I'll totally give it for a, for a skit. I'll yeah. give a day to filming something that's, that's comedic, mm-hmm. but not days and weeks of my life. Yeah. And actually months writing it, you know, and collectively and then pre-production and all that. It's just not my thing. So I like that she has, that she likes dark stuff and she sticks with that and that she's keeping her integrity and saying, you know what? Because she could probably do a lot more TV and stuff that she's not happy doing. Right. But that's not, she's not going to be satisfied with it. Right. Keep, keep your eye on the prize, guys. Right. Stay true to who you are. And that doesn't mean that you, yeah. And that doesn't mean that you can't. Take the, 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 yeah, one, one for the meal, for one two, for the real, yeah. but yeah, but still, that like I was saying before, there's a lot of people that just kind of forget about being filmmakers. A lot of filmmakers mm-hmm. that are now just full time DPs or full time gaffers because eh, this, I make more money. It's more steady this way, and yeah. then they never make a, they never make films again. Yeah, it's a tricky balance, you know, because you need money to live, obviously, but then you also want to be creatively. That's what they make peanut butter for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And jelly. <laughs> and ramen noodles. Yeah. I don't know. You, you make it work. Make it work. Make it work, people. All right. That's enough of that. Yeah. We will see you next week when we have Alex um, Ferrari. Alex Ferrari on. The Indie Film Hustle, Hustle. podcast. And mm-hmm. he's a filmmaker in his own right. Um, yep. So that's going to be really fun. Check that one out. Um, We're gonna, we, have a, we, have, we have a bit of a lineup coming up the next couple months. Yeah. I'm running out of days to give people. I'm actually having to push into February at this point. Nice. Nice. So uh, thank you to, to all our listeners and to our guest and to everybody who will listen in the future. We love you. And this is Paul Robinson signing out. Over and out. Good day and good night. Bye. We couldn't decide on a song. We love them. We couldn't decide on a song. We love them. We couldn't decide on a song. So we came up with this one.